phone on airplane mode. Roll it over there. Sup kids, how are you today? I feel like I haven't spoken to you in ages. In ages. I only spoke to you last week. Oh, not last week. Week before. Sometime in the past. Uh couple of weeks, maybe. I don't know. This is the problem when I record things in advance. And yet I'm already planning for the future. 2021. I've got that on my list. I was, I've, had a, I've had a busy week. Busy couple of days. Went down to, to Norwich. Um, filmed with Lauren Pincher, who is next, uh, coming up on the podcast next as the guest. And uh, we had a lovely chat. I haven't spoken to her in two and a half years, so it's it's uh, good to catch up. Um, at the time of recording, we were also neither of us in lockdown, neither of us needing to self isolate. So we kind of took weighed those bets and uh, went for a, went for a record. But I recorded with her, and then a couple of days later, I recorded uh, with the Crosby Collective, who's another another guest who is coming up on the show. And then that's it for this year. That's the guests. That's done with. Um, just one from me to finish off. Not this one. Next one, and then we're, we're done. We're, t- we're in twenty twenty one. We're looking ahead, uh, and we're already planning. I'm contacting guests, uh, potential guests, I should say. I'm not. I've not got anyone kind of confirmed, locked in, signed the dotted line to say, "Hey, we're going to record on this date yet." Um, but that is that is key, and it, it's kind of it's highlighted to me a huge. Um, well, that highlighted to me a huge problem, but it's, it's brought to attention something to me which I think is maybe less explained than it should be. Um, so I'm gonna gonna take a chance and explain it a little bit, and we'll see where you go. So I, I, whether I realise it or not, this year I have tried as best I can to get new guests for you guys. You know, when I when you bring you discussions, the whole point of this podcast is is discussion isn't it it's it's me coming to you with an idea or a thought or a, a person and saying hey we're going to talk about this regardless of whether you're interested or not you know we, we're not a podcast who really cares about what you actually want from us we just do what we want i say we it's me i just do what i want and uh, and then we deal with the consequences as we do um, and that's my responsibility. That's what I do. I take full responsibility for the opinions and thoughts put out into the world because I edit it. You know, it's my choice whether I publish it or not. And so that's why I don't allow some guests on who ask to be, um, and why I don't allow some ideas to go out. That's the long and short of, of how I how I get guests. But this year, I've managed so far to have. Um, oh, hang on, let me let me do the math. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19 guests this year. 19. And 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 of those have been brand new guests. And I set myself that goal last year. I said to myself that this year I wanted to get as many new people to you guys as possible. I wanted to bring you new ideas, new thoughts, new artists, expose the world to as many as I can. Obviously, pandemic saying. So that made that even more challenging because all of a sudden I was in a position of, oh, I'm not actually going to meet any new people. You know, I'm not going to be able to attend events and galleries and exhibitions and things like that. 
so I was cut off from that content. I had to go go down the other line. But then in the same present situation, it introduced me to Zoom and Zoom's record function, which has allowed me to do remote podcasts. And this year we've done the most non-UK-based recordings I've ever had. Because previously everything was recorded in the UK. And I, this year I've had, uh, I've had the US, I've had Canada, which has been fantastic. And I think that's great. So for next year I've been planning... I've been looking at the list and going, "Hey, what can I do? You know, can I can I increase that? Can I make it? You know, can I make it a hundred percent? Could I make a year of a hundred percent of new content and new guests? And that, in in, a, in itself, is a challenge. I'd say it's a challenge which replicates itself in a few situations, where I'm kind of thinking about it and going, "Okay, right, what do I want from a guest? First off, I have a few criteria when I pick someone. There has to be something." where they're creating something or doing something which I find of interest. You know, they have to be doing something where I'm looking at it and going, yeah, you know what, I'd be interested in this. Because I'm first part of any part of making art is you make it for yourself. I make a podcast which I would listen to. So that's step one. Secondly, I think you've got to be completely comfortable. You know, so I want the guest to be completely comfortable. I don't coerce. I don't, you know, buy anyone for the podcast i think if it is a way of if they don't want to be there it's not going to be a good chat therefore you got to want to be there you know you got to want to have have an ingress and have my guest be completely comfortable or guests and that's very key to me you know that as i said in previous podcasts comfort is key to me so therefore it's something which i like to like to bring to a guest and you know i, I just have to find them interesting yeah, as simple as it is, they have, they have to be kind of interesting. And I try to keep it as diverse as possible, you know. I try to keep a range of guests, not have the same group of people over and over again. I think that's something which I really tried to do this year, is really push out and say, hey, we should be finding these new people. And it, it kind of got me thinking. The first part of call I made was to Instagram to go through and find uh, artists who I, I was interested in. And there was a sudden realisation which I was aware of, but at the same time, it never really kind of deconstructed in that it's quite hard to bring diversity into your own lineup in any way, shape or form. It's hard to find new things, I think is the point I'm getting. I've discussed this previously, um, I think in my you know, very old podcast, in, in the one where I'm talking about finding new, new metal. You know, reaching out and trying to find new content is actually quite hard because... As much as creators and creatives are really trying to push their content out there, you know, I'm one of the people who, who is out there trying to get my work seen. Um, there is a, a barrage, such a barrage, that it's hard to actually get past people who you might not be interested in. And that's quite interesting, I thought. That's, that's something I've quite found. So I, the, it's back to my Instagram point. So when I was thinking about Instagram, I was going to go through my eyes, and I follow people on Instagram based on their content essentially, because realistically, I have no interest in someone's personal life who I'm never going to meet. You know, I'm not going to follow someone in France who I'm never going to run into. Um, no, don't really care about what they've got going on at home or anything like that. I, I want to see their artwork. I want to see their content. And so when I follow them, I look at their artwork. I look at the stuff they're creating. I look at their music. I look at their, their reviews, their, their publishing. The same with YouTube. You know, uh, that's how I pick YouTubers is I look at it and go, OK, right. Well, we need to 
see what you're making. I don't, I don't really, the outside of it doesn't really apply in, in when I'm finding new stuff for me. So when I was going through all these artists on, on Instagram and looking at their work and going, oh, you know, this, this, and this, and then you do a little bit more research into who these people are and you're like, okay, you know, you discover things which you may or may not like and, and that may affect your, your, your choice of using them for content in the future. But what I found interesting was this, this whole idea that because I'm looking at artwork and looking at content and looking at concepts and looking at information and topics which I covered, I found that most of the artists I follow are one, white, and two, female. And I thought that was very interesting. And I wondered why that was. Obviously, this year there's been a gigantic push uh, to bring marginalized cultures and communities to the forefront and some people don't understand why that's important that's that's a reality some people don't understand why they need this platform and i think that is is a very clear example my you know my own feed is a very clear example of of why that's important because a lot of the work i'm seeing comes from the same background it comes from the same ideas and it, it it's it's um what's the word i am looking for right here it's relatable to me so I found it and, and, and kind of been there. So then it raises the question of if I want to if I want to see other things, how do I even go about seeing other things without accidentally tokenizing someone? You know, like if if my Instagram feed wasn't majority uh, female and white artist, how would I how would I go around you know finding art from um, from like uh, male Indian guys? You know, how how would I do that? Is that possible? Is that is that something I can do without searching for a hashtag, which is Indian art, and and kind of getting into that? If I wanted to find things which were just on the topics I wanted, but from a different perspective, that's actually incredibly difficult. It's it's almost kind of kept by topic. I think this is it's, it's one of these strange things which is everyone seems to realize is there, but because we don't actively search for content, this is the other thing as well. I, I think I've mentioned in the new mail, because I don't actively search for content. Most content I find is stumbled upon. You know, it's not something where I go out and go, you know what? I want to find a new artist today. It's no, oh, oh wait, no, I've seen something cool online. Therefore, I'm probably going to go look into that. And how you kind of get around that is, is one of those questions, which is a bit reasonable. So, Where was my point? That was my point. So when it comes to finding new work and finding new guests and new creatives and new new lifestyles, you, you kind of really have to do a bit more homework. You know, you have to put in that extra effort, which you wouldn't necessarily do. And I think that's the thing which people need to understand is when they, they ask about why you would need, you know, uh, black lives hashtags and things for for creative mediums it's because when you think of the institutions around us and you think of the platforms around us are they contributing to have a diverse setup have a diverse group of people have a diverse range of opinions or are they just pandering you know are they are they tokenist tokenists i think so recently there was a whole thing whole thing don't know if you know about it but i'll go through either way so i used to watch a podcast not a podcast watch a youtube channel called bon appetit uh i'd found them through youtube i think it was just like a random suggestion uh i found that through bradley on's videos um 
and watching him ferment things because I found it entertaining. And through him, I found the rest of the cast of Bon Appetit, which is essentially a lot of uh, chefs, um, multiple backgrounds, and thinking, this is fantastic. You know, this is this has opened it up. This has been instantly uh, attached because I've found someone which I was covering a topic which I wanted to attach. And then I've been able to get these different opinions and different things. And there's some fantastic... Uh, cooks and chefs on, on there. Uh, one of the, the the most notable is Shona, who has recently teamed up with uh, Binge Babish, who's another YouTuber. Um, because essentially it was revealed that Bon Appetit were not paying their staff equally and their contracts had been uh, written in such a way which wouldn't allow them to be and also they were unable to find a reasonable balance. So they've essentially shut down that YouTube channel um, because their video content was just not not doing that because they were tokenizing them. They were tokenizing the people on their team to have a more diverse cast rather than just focusing on what they actually brought to the table, which was, you know, fantastic cooking, which is, is the problem. And so you, you think of it and you think to yourself, oh, you know, why are these balances unbalanced? And, and this is why the question gets raised. This is why people want to look into it and say, hey, you know, when you're a creator or you're a platform of a certain size, why are you giving so much attention to one specific group of people uh, when there is a much wider, wider view? This is the whole problem with the things like the Oscars and, you know, BAFTAs and things like that. People are like, oh, yes, it's, it's tokenism because they, they've included or they've focused on one aspect um, of a person. So their film got in, you know, it was a black creator. So they, their film, of course, is going to win the Oscar. And you're thinking, well, no, not necessarily. Essentially, yes, they're probably doing it from a tokenism point of view because they're an institution which is of such a size that if they don't, they're going to receive more flack. But it opens that conversation of why you never even heard of this film in the first place. Why wasn't it advertised to you? Why didn't it get the funding for advertising that everybody else did? What what kind of brought it through? Also, why are certain groups of people only covering certain topics? Is it because it's only applicable to them? Is it because they're only looking at it from a point of view which is relevant to them? If this is as you know important as it is, I mean, kind of to go back to the cooking aspect just there for a second. If if I'm looking up YouTube videos for things to cook, and I was interested in fermentation and, and yeast, and I find the video videos uh, about that, and they're ma- mainly covered by you know white guys in their thirties to forties um, in their kitchen, thinking, okay, well, wh- why is it that we as a group of people are looking at that? Why is that of such interest? Is it, is it because when we look at our, our food heritage and our food history, it's never been something which we've been marginalized for. It's never been something which someone's really questioned. So when we approach it, we go, oh, hey, well, I guess we can go down these stranger aspects rather than thinking, well, we need to show off our food culture. No, because our food culture is everywhere. It's literally everywhere. The same with when you think of art and you think of uh, artists and the, the type of work they create. Obviously, it's always very personal, so you relate to things which are very personal. So you end up in these kind of catch-alls of looking at the same type of things over and over again. It's like, yes, I like it, and I, I, I relate to it. But it, it becomes very hard to break out from that to go find other work. And I think we need to make the effort to. I think that's the point I'm getting to. I think, you know, if you if you are sitting thinking, oh, well, you know, I find a lot of people are being tokenized, and I think I find a lot of people are being pushed to the forefront because of their their gender or their their race or anything like that, 
you need to think, well, why? You know, not not from an aspect of they don't deserve it, but from a, oh, well, if I wanted to go find something else, how would I even do that? Is, does the system allow for that? Instagram being a, a, a pure example of that. You know, if, does the system allow you to discover things in an equally balanced way that you would be able to do it without the extra effort. And if it doesn't, we should be asking that from it. We should be saying, hey, this isn't right. This is this needs to be expanded and looked at. And people need to be able to just casually stroll over things. This is one of my main complaints with YouTube, actually. Um, excuse me, I'll take a sip. So YouTube has changed a lot over the years. I think that's a that's a fair statement to make. Um, the way they advertise people to you, the way they advertise content to you is no longer balanced. Back in the day, it used to be fairly balanced. It used to be you would have to your subscribers and your subscribers would see your content regardless of whatever. You know, so as you release your content, it goes into the stream, much like Twitter. You know, it, it pushes out and kind of just goes into that landfill. Um, and you'd get a notification to say that someone had uploaded something and subscribed to something. That does not happen anymore. Your subscribers do not receive a notification unless they've done an extra few steps to get those notifications. And they want you to do those extra few steps to show that you've engaged with the content. Therefore, YouTube can mix that signal and say, hey, well, okay, well, if people aren't doing that, then you're not creating engaging content. Therefore, they're not spending time on a site. Therefore, the monetization, i.e. adverts, are not seen by the people. They want that. That's all they want. One of the things which they posted on Twitter the other day was, um, it was a meme about uh, having to make your videos longer. And they were like, oh, I want to, I hate videos which are too long. Oh, make start a video five, ten minutes longer than it actually needs to be. And it kicked off. It kicked off on YouTube because everyone knows that the algorithm likes longer videos. The reason monetization gets put on videos is for when they are longer. The reason analytics reacts better is when videos are longer. And YouTube would just essentially just put their foot in it. You know, um, and it's not the first time they've done it with their, their own social media presence. But when you think about YouTube and you think about the things which are advertised to you, a lot of that now is monetization led. It is led by the companies which are pushing that content. So when you go onto that homepage, you see, you know, all these videos and you think to yourself, well, what am I actually seeing? What is actually being pushed towards me? If you sign out of your YouTube account and you clear your cookies and you go to YouTube.com, you know, you will find that a lot of what is being pushed to you is exactly the same thing. It is reaction videos and it is music. And the reason it is reaction videos and it is music is because music is funded by music labels. Therefore, they will pay to be on the front page of YouTube. Products will pay to be on the front of YouTube. What products, what way do YouTubers connect with products? They connect with products with reviews and reaction videos, which means they are all paid to. That is now an unfair platform. This is the overall issue, the overarching needs to be done. Something needs to be sorted out about it. And this is the problem for creators. And this is the problem when you are a consumer of content. I think this year has seen it much larger than anything else is is we we need balance and in a way you need the audience to put in effort and that's a big ask that's a huge ask believe me i know you know to ask someone to share your work to get involved with your work to look for your work is actually quite hard so the the onus is put on a huge amount to the creator to say hey you need to go out and get out and you need to go and do these extra 10 steps to actually get your work seen because you can't just release it anymore what it made me th- think of as well was 
So back in the day, you know, you think 90s, late 90s, early 2000s, discovering things at random, it wasn't really a thing, right? This may be a hard concept to grasp, especially for those younger in the audience. It wasn't really a thing. The things you saw were just the things you saw. That was that was what you knew of the world. And then the internet occurred, and suddenly we had access to everything. Unfiltered, unalgorithmed, everything. You saw everything. You searched for what you wanted, and then you'd get a pile of stuff with it which you did not want. And then platforms for content started getting more savvy and realized they could manipulate that. Now, you know, there's videos and trinkets of memories I have from way, way back when of when I stumbled across something, it was due to television. It was due to television and it was due to books in libraries. It would be that I've seen a picture once and it stuck with me in my head. It stuck with me as a memory and then years and years down the line, I don't know what that stuff is, but I can still remember vivid pictures. The same with TV. There's TV shows I have glimpses of in my mind, memories of, which I have no idea what they're called. They just don't exist outside of my head because all I remember of them was probably channel flicking, the five channels that I had, and stumbling across it. There's a very vivid TV show, which me and my brother remember, about a kid um, in a coma and he's having these crazy surreal dreams, and it was fantastic. I believe he got pushed off a cliff in a wheelchair or something, or he fell out of a treehouse, and he's having these vivid coma dreams. And I mentioned it to people all the time, and no one has ever heard of it, because it was just, it was a fleeting moment. I have no idea who produced all of that. I have no idea where that content came from. I was only shown what I was shown. And this was why TV became stagnant back in the day. This is why there was so much uproar, and still is so much uproar, about studios gatekeeping these communities from content which is really good, but doesn't make money, so they don't publish it, you know, or they don't see the financial value, or they don't know how to market it. That's another huge thing. How do you market something which has never been done before? Well, you don't, essentially. You let it stand on its own is the message I'm getting out. But that was back then. We were then suddenly gifted the internet, and the internet allowed us access to everything, and for a short period we had access to everything, which is why I've seen a lot of weird, dumb stuff in my lifetime, um, and will continue. I think there's that curiosity of falling down the rabbit hole is being stunted at the moment. I think as consumers we need to put more effort in, and I know that's hard to do. I think we need to get out of our bubbles. You know, you need to get out your content bubble, is the way I'd put it. Try to see who the work's coming from. Of course, still find the stuff which you enjoy. Still find, you know, the X, Y, and Z of why you pick up content. Whatever draws you to one thing or another, try and find that. But open yourself up. Open your friends and family up to new things. Show them things. Direct things. You know, pick some people and say, hey... I'm going to look at this month. You don't even have to enjoy it. You might not enjoy it. That's kind of the point, is that there's a fair chance that you won't enjoy it. It may not be relatable to you, and that's fine. But it might be related to somebody else. It might be something that you see, and you go, oh, hey, I don't like this, but Kim, Jane, Steve, whatever their name is, over there, might. So I'll send it to them. So we're going to get into that. We're going to do that. And that's what I'm trying to do next year, 
is I want to bring you things which you might not know about. I want to bring you guests which you may not have discovered. I want to, you know, I want to get out and do that. And I'm, I'm trying hard to do that. Yeah. But of course, I start where I always start when I pick guests, as I've said before, is I find people who interest me, and then I find people who want to talk to me. And if those things collide, then they're a guest. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Do you find that your your content bubble is locked down? And how do you expand out of it? How do you grow out of something which has been created without your knowledge, without accidentally tokenizing people? It's a tough question. I don't even think I have the answer. I think all you can do is stay curious. Stay concrete. I think we'll leave it there. I'll talk to you guys later. Bye.